Happy Halloween! It's Halloween. Nah, it doesn't matter. It's the thought that counts, the fact that we're recording this on the day before Halloween. And technically, it's not the day before Halloween. Tomorrow is the day before Halloween. The day after is the Halloween. Halloween is the day where the witches did something or something or another. And we... I know all Hallows. Oh, wait, I got the answer. It's the day we get candy. That's what little little Tommy Dole said in Halloween Part 1. He said, that's the way we get candy. No, that's I'm pretty sure one. that's what little Vic Azim said. No, remember the scene from the first Halloween where Lonnie's bullying Tommy, and Lonnie's like, the boogeyman's gonna come and get you. What do you think happens on Halloween? And Tommy's like, we get candy. Speaking of Lonnie, he was a bully in the first movie. Yes. Apparently in this movie, we find out he's, be- he's the one being bullied. There's a bully pecking order, and there's always somebody above the bully who's bullying the bully who's bullying the kid who's not the bully. I hope that made sense. Not really. Well, basically, think of a ladder, right? And you have you had little, little Tommy Doyle was at the bottom rung of the ladder, right? In the middle of the ladder was Lonnie, and the top of the ladder was the bully who was bullying Lonnie, who was then kicking Tommy off the ladder. So when I was in school, pecking order was me at the bottom, and then the bully who came up to me, I smacked him across the face, shoved his head into a locker, slammed it in his neck, and then threw him down the stairs, and then I was no longer on the bottom. Are you sure you weren't the bully? Because that sounds like bullying behavior. Hey, when the guy literally grabs me and throws me into a locker, I was forced to defend myself. You know, I'm not going to lie. I had a moment, too, where I was being bullied, and I had to run and attack the dude. But the way the day ended was like me at his house and we were like drinking juice and making peanut butter jelly sandwiches. So you can't, that, that is the biggest trope, but it's actually real. Once you confront the bully, you actually sometimes become friends with the bully after. Sometimes, not this time. The... Well, you killed the guy, so <laughs> how, how is he going to be friends with when he's dead? So the dead? next guy who tried to bully me was a football player. He thought he'd be slick and try to tackle me until he realized I knew he was coming and grabbed him by his head and threw him over my shoulder. How many people did you kill in your younger days? Sounds like, <laughs> that, these don't I, sound like you fight back against a bully. These sound like murderers. I killed no one, these sir. These are deaths. I killed he's nobody. Like, so, so the bully pushed me, right? So I put him in the car, and we drove <laughs> off the mountain, and I survived, and he's dead. That, that's what your story sounds like to I me. I only right? that's what did I'm that once, and he survived. The moral of the story here is do not bully Nick Arcana, because you will end up dead, and he will refuse to acknowledge his role in the murder, or that he himself had become the bully but I think he did. I do not have a list, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody somewhere knows what you did last summer, buddy. Expect a note soon, all right? Okay, I mean, I get those notes every year. And then come to find out, it's just my wife. That's why one time I got here, you were already here. You were in the park. I was like, what are you waiting for? And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. That makes sense now, buddy. Yeah, and that. then we did that podcast episode. What are you waiting for? I'm right here. Oh, look, it's time to do that. I know what you did last summer podcast. Didn't we already do that? Yeah. We didn't do the sequel, though. Nope. That's on the list. We should do that only if we ever happen to take a group trip to the Bahamas because I'll have won a random radio contest. Yeah, but you get uh, you get to be Brandy, so you get to just be thrown through a door and then pretend to be dead, whereas me and Casey are just going to get the fuck out and hide. Watch out for Ben's son. Yeah. Ben's see, son. Oh. <laughs> Recently, of course, we did Halloween 2018, so we thought it made sense to follow up with Halloween Kills. And that's what we're doing today. And that wonderful movie came straight to Peacock. Luckily, I already had a Peacock membership. I didn't, but, you know, you can always illegally find the stuff. It's fine. It's absolutely true. Now, Halloween Kills picks up on the same exact night where the last one ended. With Laurie Strode 
going to the hospital in a uh, farm truck and she sees all the firefighters coming towards her house. Which means that Mold Mikey might have a chance. Last we saw, he was burning in a fire. Well, we saw him theoretically in the fire. We didn't see him burning, but we assume that maybe he's in the fire. But then when you heard about the sequel, you probably assume that he's fireproof or was going to make it out the fire. Well, before we figure out what happened to him, let's go back to 1978 because somebody oh. found Hawkins alive. Excuse me, sir. Wait a minute. What? When you're stabbed like three times in the jugular and ran over by a car... Wait a minute now. They ran over his baby toe from what I saw. Uh, his baby toe. I saw him <laughs> run over, at the very least, his kneecaps. Well, you know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, kneecap, baby toe, his entire head. The man's alive in the hospital breathing well because... Allegedly. What's-his-face Cameron stumbles upon his body and has the wherewithal to call the police, get my man in the hospital, but not before my man says... Michael's going to die, and I'm going to be the one to do it. Why? Because he has a back history, a backstory with Michael that results, that goes all the way back to 1978, and that means it's time for a flashback. Which this flashback. Flashback. Which this flashback. Flashback. Are you fucking done? It's the Batman. It's the Batman theme. Flashback. You did it wrong. It's flashback. Flashback. Okay, are you done now? <laughs> yeah, but that should have that been in the movie, though. It would be great if they just flashed that comic book lightning. And... Did you forget what we said about 2018, how it was too fucking funny to be a horror movie? That's true, but there's a way to do it, man. Idle Hands is funny. If you do there's the Batman do theme, for, for one, this company will get sued. Because I doubt DC is owned by Universal. Come on, they'll have a sense of humor about or that. Or Blumhouse. They'll have a sense of humor so about that. So if Blumhouse did a Batman movie, I will gladly watch it. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, it would be low budget, and it would be very low budget, and... And most likely the villain budget. would be, what, what was it? There, one of Batman's villains was a uh, an actual Batman, wasn't it? What? Yeah, a guy who was legitimately a bat. No, I didn't see that one. Uh, I, 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 mi- I missed that episode. I saw it a long time ago, but it was one of the cartoon ones. Let's be honest. This is an episode of Supernatural you watched that you somehow confused as a Batman. No, movie. it wasn't. Okay. All right. I've seen you, the, there's, there's I've no seen th- you do that before, right? You were like, hey, remember that Nightmare on Elm Street where blah, blah, blah. I was like, that wasn't in the Nightmare on Elm Street series? It's like, oh, fuck. That's Supernatural episode number 37. I was like, oh, well, Jesus. So. <laughs> well, it makes you feel better. I do not recognize any of these characters from Supernatural. Thank the Lord in heaven. I guarantee you if I looked, I'd probably find one, but I don't, no. I don't feel like doing that. Goodness. Well, so let's get on. They've infested the Hollywood industry, and they'll be there forever, I'm sure. So let's go ahead and get on with getting on with this flashback, which is probably the best scene in the whole damn movie. They really got the 70s right. Listen, most of the criticism I have about the movie are not going to be necessarily about how the movie looks, how the directing is. Most of my problems are going to be with the writing, with the script. Although the director had a big hand in writing the script, so I am, <laughs> I'm holding him accountable, but for his writing, not for his directing. He does a great job here. You got the streets of Haddonfield from 1978. They look like how the streets looked in the original movie. You have the old-style old police cars. You have Michael Myers with the original Michael Myers mask, looking like Michael from 1978. And you also have a cop who just willingly gives away information about people being murdered. You know, that's cops in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, so that, that makes sense to me. So last cop that I asked what's going on when I was that young told me that she was a cop and that I needed to start respecting her. And I just looked her in the eye and went, 
maybe when you grow a few inches taller and when you're the same size as a seven-year-old, I don't know how much respect you get out in the streets. But to sit there and try and bully a little kid, I don't think you get much. And then the cop heard the, the cop heard the wonderful sound. The cop had the, <clears throat> I got a joke. I'm moving it out. And then the cop heard the wonderful sound of the ice cream man and knew that it was time to go. More important matters were, were on the horizon, which was catching the ice cream man to get a, a snow cone, a snow cone and a chocolate eclair. Oh yeah. So you're right. The cop does stop by a little Lonnie, the bully who's now being bullied, being bullied, which doesn't make sense from the first movie, but okay. Well, he's being bullied by some bigger bully and the cop stops by and says, what are you waiting for? Get off the street. Michael Myers is loose. He says something to that effect. I feel like he just goes up to him and goes, Hey, Halloween's over. Trick or treat's over. People been killed. Go home. They've been mutilated just down the street. If you wanted to see these dead bodies, go down the street. You'll see like three of them. There's a lot of blood. Look at them, but then go home after that, all right? But make sure you get get some pictures of the bodies too, and you know you want to get them out in school too. How can but, they get the pictures? This is 1978. There's no modern day phones. They just got to take a Polaroid and get it, get the film developed. Uh, well, these little kids got lunch money. They can skip lunch and go to the damn local Walmart. And then Michael Myers is in front of Lonnie for like a second. Yes. Now this jumped into the canon so the canon of the first movie michael did run into kids in the first movie and did not kill them so at least at this point of the, the timeline michael in 1978 did not concern himself with killing kids except for the one from 2018 no but i'm talking about the michael of 1978 in the flashback and in the original movie does not kill kids oh yeah it's definitely going to be contradicted with old man Michael, <laughs> who apparently has no kid conscience at all, would kill the whole cast of every Disney film and Nickelodeon studio movie show possible. Well, but maybe if Bambi stopped running up to him, like he's a fucking Disney princess. He only has so much patience, man. Oh. You know? He's seen the kids' toys they have these days, and he's like, went to McDonald's, got a Happy Meal, got the toy. It's like they had better toys back in 1963 when he was a kid. They did. They had damn Pikachus. In 1963. Yes. You know, I'm not going to look on Wikipedia, but I think you may be factually incorrect, sir. I don't know. I was guessing. Hey, Pikachu and Arcanine are forever. Where's Vegeta when you need him, all right? I need some more Dragon Ball Z references because I was a Dragon Ball Z kid, not a Pokemon kid. I was not a Dragon Ball Z kid. I was more of a Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh kid. Oh, God. So be quiet before I show you. Oh, God. You didn't, you didn't, you that didn't Blue get, Eyes, the White Dragon. You didn't get the real fighters, the Z fighters, would have kicked the asses, all right? Blue Eyes, White Dragon would mutilate Vegeta. Oh, God. Get out of here. Why don't we talk about Michael taking a cop hostage and mutilating him or not, holding him hostage with no weapon, just has him in a chokehold as young Hawkins. Well, again, Michael doesn't need to do anything to this guy because Hawkins does it for him. Shoots him in the throat. Yep. What? Where did he learn how to shoot? What police academy did this guy go to? Uh, clown college. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, he'd been better off being joining the killer clowns from outer space versus being in this movie. I was thinking super troopers. But he should not be here taking on Michael because he shoots the cop in the throat and Michael walks off and says, ah, <laughs> at least that's what I think he was thinking inside his mask. And then we get the biggest cameo of our entire lives. Oh, my God. You- my favorite doctor. Uh, I, I don't know how, but Donald Pleasance. He's back. Donald Pleasance has somehow been resurrected just for these five seconds of screen time. He was buried in the cemetery from the movie Return Living Dead. The damn acid rain came down and resurrected Dr. Loomis. 
This is a zombie version of him. Mm. So after he's done catching Michael, he's going to go eat her by his brains in, the, in Haddonfield. But first priority even for zombie Loomis is to take down Michael. So the real question I got is, that's probably why Michael Myers is immortal. Dr. Loomis ate his brains. He did. And Michael... Is now an actual zombie. And it makes sense. Yeah, because the amount of damage this man takes in this movie and in, all, and in part one and two, or 2018... And this one, all alone? Well, listen, this, man's a, this man's not a human. Well, according to the director, he is human, just a really strong human. And that's going to be tested a lot in this movie. He's been shot six times right now. Allegedly. In the chest. Allegedly. I saw and I saw those bullets go into his baby toe. And fell. What, what is with you and baby toes? Because it explains everything. That's how Hawkins can and survive. He fell, that's how Michael's still alive. Got shot in the toes. And he fell... Out of a two-story window, which is very easy to survive. Yeah, um, that's not that's not one to. I mean, he's probably got a lower back spasms, but yeah. But he, still, he's been shot six times. Allegedly, there's no allegedly to it. I watched Loomis, the movie. Maybe Lewis missed. We didn't see the bullets actually connect. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Paint gun. Oh my gosh. He had shooting blanks. Lewis is an old man. He was shooting blanks. <laughs> All right. Loomis, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Anyways, let's say this. The Loomis cameo is great because the actor who plays him does look exactly like Loomis. The voice is totally off. Good job with the Loomis. Again, everything about this flashback was fantastic. It was so good that you almost wanted the movie to stay in the flashback, to stay in 78, because when you come back, the quality drops dramatically. Yeah, because we don't need quality for this movie. We got quantity. And we got karaoke. Yeah, don't, no one cares about karaoke. So let's get to Michael Myers emerging from the burning house because for some reason Lori Strode well okay hold on here's the thing I, I know what you're trying to say but I'm gonna let you say it you're gonna let me say it yeah okay so Lori Strode made a trap door in the room that she planned on trapping Michael Myers in to burn him alive and she made a trap door where the fire would not go yes I understand it could possibly be so in case she got trapped with him she could get in there but uh <laughs> Well, something tells me that's a very bad design flaw to be so open noted that even Michael Myers, who knows nothing of this house, knows, hey, that I could survive if I go in that room. I know how he figured it out. Telekinesis. He has, he has a mind body connection with Lori Strode and he saw into her brain and said, hey. I feel like there's a trap door right behind me. No, in all seriousness, I mean, that may have happened, but <laughs> if he, maybe, if he has the, maybe he has the curse of Thorn, maybe. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, yes, Laurie Stroh has been spending 40 years preparing for the day that Michael Myers would come after her. 40 days, sorry, 40 years, getting this whole trap room together, and then everything goes according to plan. Michael falls in the basement, you hit the trap door, the fire lights, everything went perfectly. Agreed, there's no, there's no reason for Michael to be finding trap doors and coming out of the fire and killing firefighters. There's no, there's no reason for the firefighters to be like, Hey, let's kill. Them. Let's go after them. Rev up the, the light super soaker was light water pressure. And yeah, those things definitely have a stronger water pressure that could have backed anybody up. Hey there. I mean, they're meant to put out giant fires like this. This scene set the tone for, this is not a Halloween movie because that's not, that is not Michael's M.O. to come out of a house. With an axe. Surrounded by firefighters, and he just has the axe like, all right, let's go to work. That is not and Michael. Michael is damn near shy. He doesn't want to be 
confronted by a whole group of firefighters. And apparently he killed 11 firefighters in this scene. Yeah, this guy does some damn John Wick shit now. Yep. So and like, uh, and then the firefighters, none of them ran. The okay, the first the first three you see get massacred. The last seven of them got to be like, mm, I, don't ah. get, I don't get paid for this. Yeah. I'm out here. You kidding me? What I'm just trying to figure out because actually, uh, in 1978, you know, the cop finds the dog, the dog, and they're dead, eaten in 1978. Good attention. So, good attention to detail. Yeah. So here's another attention to detail. Uh, John Wick actually heard that from a from all the way in New York in the future. So now John Wick, the reason why this movie does not have Michael Myers dying is because John Wick is not there yet. He's currently traveling to Haddonfield to go after the doll killer. Makes sense. So I believe it. And Halloween ends, it's going to be Michael Myers versus John Wick. Put your, put your bets down now. Michael. John Wick. This version of Michael in this movie is the most unstoppable killing machine I've seen since Tommy Jarvis from Part 5. No. John no, Wick. No, no. Um, since Roy from Part 5. No. <laughs> Roy from... <laughs> no, I mean, I can't think of anybody. Maybe maybe Predator? I think this Michael could take on Predator, honestly. He's <laughs> def- he def- definitely this is the first Michael, the brutality and the strength to go one-on-one with Jason, and Jason doesn't win a landslide. Jason's going to be like, well, fuck. Like, I, Actually, what I do I do with this guy? So, now, are you ready for this? We're about to meet... Karaoke. Some legacy characters. This is why I said karaoke. I'm talking about the bar they're at. So you know what every movie, 40 years plus, needs after so long of not being seen and acting in your entire life? Uh, Come back for the movie series just to kill off your character. Yes. Paycheck. Yep. Tommy Doyle, little Lindsay, because I don't know her last name. Lindsay, Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay Wallace, thank you. Uh, Miriam, the nurse that, for some reason, Michael didn't kill, but just carjacked. Miriam Chambers. Yep. And then Lonnie. Lonnie, who doesn't really fit in because he really wasn't a part of the group in the first one, except in this flashback. In this one, he was walked upon by Michael. Yeah, so. Uh, so, so he's part of the gang. Now, this ragtag group of characters makes no sense to me. What the hell is Miriam doing here? She wasn't even in Hanfield in the first one. She was a nurse at uh, Smith's Grove, which is like towns away. Mm-hmm. She never met these other characters. She was 40 years old than them. What the hell is she doing here? This makes no uh, sense. She's doing there just so the show, the movies can be like, well, everyone wants to see returning characters die. Otherwise, they're going to think that there's no uh, intensity to them. They're, everyone is going to be saved. So we need these characters to die. Now no. The, the, what the, we needed. The, the first part is right. They wanted to see returning characters. What we needed, Parent. <laughs> yeah. What we needed, though, is not for these characters to die. What we needed is the three main ones to die. Oh, you're being you're being pretty pretty bold now, buddy. I am dead serious. You're, you're full blown off the ledge. I can't support a full motorcycle trip off the cliff. All right. So you could you, say you you could say you need one of them to die, but you said you said it all three of them like you want all three of them to die. Just kill the whole series in the second in the second one. They got a third one to do eventually. Yeah, but you could do Tommy Doyle versus Michael Myers legitimately instead of what they do with this movie. Nobody wants to see that. No one <laughs> wanted to see this. Nobody would want to see that unless they got a better actor. To, unless they wrote the role better and got a better actor because the worst part of this movie is motherfucking Tommy Doyle. Well, what they could have done is got damn Keanu Reeves to come and John Wick this motherfucker. You know how much money Keanu Reeves would want to be in this movie? 
Hey, Blumhouse has a lot of money that they throw away anyway. He doesn't have, they don't got John Wick money. They threw away money for truth or dare. Because they thought, the, because the truth was, they dared to do it because they thought it would make money, but it didn't. Actually, it did. No, it didn't. I mean, not as much as they hoped, but it did. But they don't got no Keanu Reeves money, all right? They got Keanu Reeves money. Not for Halloween. Get out of here. That wouldn't, even, in, that wouldn't even fit. Now we're, now we're getting into weird territory. Right? No, now we're we getting gotta, into fantasy. We got to keep this grounded in reality. Okay, right? well, grounded in reality, let's get to Michael Myers killing two random people. Okay, we're on to the next scene. We don't need these two random people. Wait a minute. One of them knows how to use a droid, and that's funny. That's what the writers think. They think that it's funny and it's quirky and it makes us care about the characters because they can use a droid and they're, they're funny. and. No, you, know. you want... Okay, let's go kill off Mariam now. Wait a minute. I'll say this, though. The good thing about that first couple that dies is the, the old woman doesn't know how to get out her own back door. In the, she's, she's unlocking her own back door and she can't seem to get out. Instead, of Michael comes in and stabs her in the throat. This is the dumb. This is going to establish what this movie has is a consistent characters are stupid and they die at their own hands, not at Michael's hands, but they basically hand their hand their bodies over to Michael for death. Well, yeah, and this is going to be proven throughout the entire movie because now Tommy Doyle decides to get up a ragtag group of well everybody to go hunt down Michael Myers. Well, he goes to every single gas station in Hanfield. He finds random people in the parking lot and he says, "Hey." Evil dies tonight. And they say, hey, you know what? I was just thinking earlier today, evil should die tonight. Let's do it. And they all jump on their trucks, and, and now we got a mob. And this is the most unrealistic bullshit ever. I said before, I'll say it again. We missed a deleted scene where Tommy's like, and I'll throw in $20. <laughs> and right. then they're like, hey, uh, all right, well, $20. I was thinking just to go home and I was thinking to say fuck you and go home and watch Netflix. You threw in $20. All right, let's go find this Michael Myers bullshit ever. So uh, now we get to the playground. Lindsay tries to warn two kids to run because Michael Myers is around. Not the just, kids. Not just two kids. The two most annoying kid actors I've ever seen in my life. And this is how we know they're annoying. Hey, can you tell that man over there to stop staring at us? He's been staring at us for like three days now. He wants to play peekaboo. Oh, by the way, is that Jeremy's head in his hand? Ah! Yep, he killed a kid. Again, let's talk about the characters in the car who get attacked now, because as you said earlier, poor Marion Chambers, we've seen her for six minutes on screen. She's back. She's a legacy character. And this she, is for Loomis. And she doesn't click, know click, how to click, click, okay. check the gun to see if it works. And Michael goes to town on her. And then the best death of the movie, the dude tries to choke on Michael from the back seat, but he doesn't realize that Michael has superhuman strength. Michael lifts his neck up and shows his neck muscles. Stabs the guy right in the fucking orbital bone. Right in yep. the eye. Yep. Oh. Did you look that up just to be able to say that? No, nah, I'm just guessing. Okay. Now, thankfully for him, though... His girlfriend comes back. Five minutes later, his girlfriend stumbles back because she remembers, Hey, I got a gun! And she told him earlier that she's the one that knows how to use a gun. She proceeds to miss Michael with every freaking shot she takes. Not even close. Boom, boom, boom. Hits everything inside Michael. Yeah, but guess what? Michael doesn't know how to miss. You want to see some John Wick shit. <laughs> yeah, he literally did A, A, B, B, up, down, up, down, A, B, C, B, did a fatality. Fatality. Kicked the, kicked the damn door into the gun, made the gun go right into her face. What they didn't show was Michael under his mask was saying, your soul is mine. Because she deserves to lose her soul for that stupid she, shit. No, uh, I get the feeling Shang Tsung would not even go for her soul. Be like, really? 
Like, don't you don't even know how to, you don't know how to shoot properly. <laughs> you shot like a damn stormtrooper. This is why this doesn't feel like a Halloween movie to me because that death was way too comical for a Halloween movie. We don't not need have comedy in his deaths. So I know people these days don't like pure horror because it's too scary. I know I just I decided to be a dick there, but you know it's the truth. People don't want straight horror. It's too scary. Most of the good horror now is literally a bunch of people who prefer to watch something really a giant drama movie with a horror in the background like you got movies like when uh it comes at night night house midsummer midsummer damn hereditary a lot of it the horror doesn't even come in until the very last scene of the movie but it's played out so well that you care enough about the character that when the situation pretty much starts you want to you want them to get out of it it's kind of like two extremes like on one end you have extremely slow burn so you get extremely slow burn or you get on the extreme other side you get no tension no horror pretend to be a horror movie but there's no actual scares just comedy there's gotta be a good in between here somewhere but it's kind of you kind of get that that slow pace slow burn which some people love and then you get the the super fast burn i guess this movie is basically fast food essentially not yeah. fast burn this one definitely fast food this Remember, movie sacrifices myers, all tension michael myers really wants some chicken nuggets really does like this is basically even the legacy characters have no character development so this is basically just michael killing random people yep the assumption that because they're legacy characters we care about them no i need i need to be given a reason to care about tommy doyle in this role mm-hmm. you especially gotta, since this is 40 years after we've seen him before yeah just because I, I i saw him as a little kid first of all it's not the same actors so that's one thing but second thing nothing about him now resembles the, the there's nothing about his personality that has anything to do with his child self so why do we care yeah so, uh, but Michael Myers needing chicken nuggets is the reason why Lindsay gets to survive. Good job on Lindsay's part because she's a quick thinker. She empties a bag of candy, puts a, ba- puts a bunch of rocks in the bag, and knocks the shit out of Michael, honestly. She probably hits him about as hard as he gets in this movie. Up until he gets very annoyed. Well, he starts choking her, but again, she's smart. She, say, she sees that, hey, Michael, you superficial bastard, if I mess with your mask and mess with your appearance then you'll let me go so you can mess with you put your mask back on properly yeah because everyone wants to look like william shatner that's true especially especially because he plans on going to space real space he can really become captain kirk and we know one thing about michael we know that he's a big star trek fan oh yeah because when he went to that costume store in the first one he pretty quickly picked out that william shatner mask oh yeah instead of the clown mask like he wore when he was a kid and killed his sister I think, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, clowns are overdue. Clowns are passe at that time, so... He said, yeah. William Shatner in, clowns out. Sounds about right. So, um, by the way, you may have noticed, we haven't mentioned uh, Lori, Karen, or Allison. It's because... They're barely no in the movie. To, yeah, there's no reason to. Though, I will mention this. Why is Karen in a Christmas sweater? She does know it's Halloween, right? Why? I hate, the, I hate it when people completely skip two holidays to go straight to christmas do y'all i mean what's are y'all so scared that you gotta skip halloween are y'all so fat you want to skip thanksgiving wait what (laughs) they're literally skipping halloween and thanksgiving to get straight to christmas she's wearing a fucking christmas sweater karen's the one who's skeptical about halloween so she can't be oh my god halloween that's lori I don't know. I mean, they were a strange... Her and Ray were a strange family. She was in denial about her mother and Michael Myers' past. 
in the past with Michael Myers and her husband was concerned with the peanut butter on his penis. Yeah, so I so, will say this. I just feel bad for Allison. Every so. single time a character, even ones we've already been introduced to in the previous movie, has to go back and tell the Michael Myers backstory from the first movie, including our next two characters, Big John and Little John. Big John. Little John. Oh, God. So these two... I don't know what Thrown in the movie for some fuck reason. Maybe just to have a reason to bring Michael's house back, even no, though he no. didn't need this reason. This is supposed to be strictly comedic relief. We don't need comedic relief in a Halloween movie. Not in a Saturday Night Live mad TV type of way. This feels like a skit. Yeah, the so, scenes are in feel like skits. Yeah, so we get there. They, they're playing Big John and Little John because they notice there's a bloody handprint. So instead of being doing the smart thing and getting the hell out of the house... They're going to lock themselves in the house where Big John arms himself with the smallest knife possible and Little John arms himself with a butcher knife. This is so stupid because they know they're in Michael Myers' house. They know that. They know. They the, said it three times. They know the history. So it's not only that you know someone's in your house. It's that you're in Michael Myers' house and it's Halloween. And there's that a bloody means, handprint. I mean, there's a, a high probability that Michael Myers is in your house. Yeah, you, you, at least you got either you got to call the police... Or get out the house. Or do both. Yeah, so they play... Unless you have a gun, they don't have a gun. So they play Marco Polo throughout the house until you hear Big John... Yeah, you can definitely tell Michael was did not want these guys to continue their Marco Polo game. Nope. Well, they continue it in the afterlife. Yeah. So a couple of people actually got mad at this scene because a gay couple was killed. I saw this. I saw the article. Yeah, I saw the article because I sent you the article. So... The article states that uh, a couple of people on Twitter said Michael Myers is homophobic because he killed this gay couple. So I got a question for everyone out there who actually believes this. Not the people who knows, who knows that the article itself is a joke because the article literally first line says Michael Myers is long awaited battle between the stroke family. That's how you know the article was a joke. Right. But there's actual people on Twitter that actually stated Michael Myers was homophobic for killing this couple. Sad. I just, I just got a question. Does that mean Michael is heterophobic too because he kills a lot more straight people than he has gay people? About 100 more. Yeah. So I'm just going to say this man is a pan killer. He's an equal opportunity killer. Yes. He kills everybody. If you're a human being, he kills you. If you're a dog, he kills you. Yes. Especially if you're a dog. Unfortunately, he's... Some, it's any other animal he's fine with, but he just hates dogs. Really, PETA should be coming after Michael, not, <laughs> right. not anybody else. He's, PETA, but he's, definitely discriminating, to him. he's definitely discriminating against dogs. So. PETA may uh, actually do something to this guy. My, they might get the next one canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to mention with Karen is that this movie obviously is going to great pains to try to correct. It's like they listen to our first podcast from the first movie, or they listen to all the criticisms online for the previous movie because... Hawkins still alive. People felt like Hawkins was wasted, so they brought him back mm. to sit in the hospital so Lori has someone to talk to. And credit them, they finally have Allison and Karen react to Ray's death because that was my biggest pet peeve. A little too late, in my opinion. Well, it's fan service now because it's just it should have been in the, in the first movie, 100%. Mm. Um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, so oh, let me, uh, let me think so I can set up the... Um, the question? So... One thing that we've both noticed is I've just got a question. When you go up against a serial killer, a psychotic motherfucker like this guy, 
What makes more sense to y'all? Going at them one at a time or going at them in a group? Um, I got it. One at a time? Did I get it right? Well, according to this movie, yes. That is exactly oh! what you do. Do I win a, a prize? You win a solid gold Cupid doll. I don't want that prize. Too bad. All right. That's, yeah, well, in this movie, that's very true. And, you know, these mobs, they don't stick together. And it's just all, all pretty terrible. And this is all just mindless killing. It is very mindless. And that's just not Michael's MO. Like, he doesn't do that. I mean, especially in the first one. The first movie, he killed only Michael. He killed only Laurie's best friends, basically. And the sequels, yeah, but this one's supposed to ignore the sequels. So. Yeah, so. Well, we got to think, like I said, the theory online is that Michael's old man rage is like, just makes him a new killer now, so. But enough to go out to just mindlessly kill people. Has there been any sequels that he's done that? This is the most random thing. Apparently, the entire Haddonfield is his territory. Now, the idea they're pitching is that Michael is on his way to his house. So anything on the way to his house, he can stop and kill. So if he walks by a turtle on the road on the way to his house, the turtle better watch his back. That's what this movie's telling you. Gosh dang it. And, and Haddonfield is a lot bigger than Crystal Lake, so... He's probably going to be more deadly than Jason. All right. Well, so to answer your question, the only time I've seen Michael Myers actually kill a bunch of random people would be Halloween 2. And that was with the intention to clear out the hospital to get to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So there was still, to be honest, a point to it. And also Michael Myers' time was running out because it was now no longer Halloween, but it was November 1st. Yes. And when it turns to November 1st, Michael disappears. Allegedly. Allegedly. Until next year. Yes. Well, so, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, Michael is not a random killer, at least to my recollection, all the Halloween movies I've seen. But what this movie is doing, though, it's saying that it's, it wants to have its cake and eat it, too. So it's saying that Michael wants to get back to his house. So if his house is on the other side of Haddonfield, on his way to his house, he's allowed to kill everybody in Haddonfield because that's technically on the path to his house yeah but the real question i got is how big did this town get in that 40 years i mean i understand a town can't get that big in four, within 40 years hell the town we live in got big in three it's not that big think about this not yet how do you feel it's not that big half the damn town's in the mob <laughs> he, he recruited the whole town to be 90 percent of the yeah. town is in the mob that whole town is the mob so so um it makes me wonder, for the costume shop, do you think he went up to that owner and went, hey, the man who stole your William Shatner mask, he here. The owner's probably like, ooh, he took my rope, too. <laughs> <laughs> I want my rope back. Yep. Hey, All right. hey, if they asked you to join the mob, what would you say? No. I'd be like, you know, I'm going to go home and watch Netflix. I'm going to watch Squid I, Game. I'm not going to do your stupid mob thing. Anymore. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll do your mob, sort of. What do you mean? I'm going to go to de- go on my PS4, play some Devil May Cry, and take out mobs of demons. Does that count? I think there's probably a deleted scene out there where, as Tommy's recruiting all these people, we missed the last part of the scene where he's like, and I'll pay you. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> that'd had, make some sense. That'd be an exchange of money here because then that would make sense. Like They're like, nah, I'm going to pay me to ride around and look for Michael? Yeah, that would have made sense. But Kidding you know. me? I would, I would be doing that, driving around. I see Michael's like, I think that's just some kid in a mask. Drive away. <laughs> well, all these... All these mob characters, by the way, they don't have cell phones. 
So there'll be no, even though they strengthen numbers, there'll be no communication as they break off into groups and never contact each other again, apparently, unless they're all meeting at the hospital where they're a united but, front. And then a riot starts because somebody sees the, the uh, poor crazy guy. And I say poor because what happens to this man is just fucked. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong town. He, so they mistake him for Michael. They chase him down. And they, it gets so bad that this guy's only out was either get beaten to death or jump out a window. Well, listen, I, I like Karen here because Karen did try to help him. Her help didn't actually do anything. But so the real question- my, my question is, when they came on to him, were they literally going to violently attack him? Yes. They kept saying evil dies tonight. Like, there's no, at least, okay, we've, there, okay, so there's a couple things here. At the beginning of the movie, you know, they saw the report on the TV showing pictures and stuff, but all these characters have phones. It's 2021. At least half of them would have Googled Michael Myers, seen some pictures, and be like, hey, that ain't Michael Myers. So, actually, to be fair, this movie technically still takes place in 2018. Oh, my God. Because it is only a few, like, not even a few hours after the events of 2018. True. So, going by the ancient technology of 2018. Yes. They may have used Yahoo instead of Google. Yes. And still found pictures of Michael Myers all over the front page of the first Google search they did. Yes. Unless some of them decided to use Bing. I mean, it's a small town. That's true. Bing. Might be in Bing territory. Yes. Then but the, there's no excuse for evil dies tonight. Kill random person. Well, random person kills himself. And you no, know, when it comes to scenes like this, we do not need to see the body. We have a good mental picture. Because be honest with you, that did nothing for me. Seeing his brain splatter. No, it did nothing. What did it, it was more weird. for me was just watching him fall, and then everyone's reaction around is like everyone else around is like, oh. I think we kind of fucked up here. Yeah, and I understand <laughs> the movie's trying to give the message of... Anybody can technically be evil in their own right. Yeah, well, you know, it's pretty on the nose because uh, Bracket is like, and now he's turned us into monsters. Like, oh, well, I mean, you just, you can't trust us to actually figure it out ourselves. You need to actually throw it in our face. Right. Um, but, but my problem is, what does it lead to? Because... They're still the mob after this. Well, the part that <laughs> They're just me. like, oh, wrong guy. So the part that annoys me is, to be honest, during the whole scene where everyone's trying to break into the door, you can tell Tommy and Brackett are both thinking, you know, maybe Karen's right. Maybe this ain't Michael. But then when they get down there, uh, damn, Tommy's just like, how do you know it's not Michael? <laughs> like, well, fool, for one. Damn it, Tommy. Why are you so stupid? Body type. This man is short and fat. Michael Myers, you're going to ask Lori, you're going to ask Karen, you're going to ask Allison. They've all seen him. He always wears the mask. Oh, that's besides the point. He's also wearing overalls. He's also tall and muscular. Yeah, no matter, I don't care what mask he wears, you, there's going to be an MO, of, not an MO, there's going to be his body type is going to be known. Right. You're not going to think that Michael is a short, fat guy. Especially when you see him through the door, you see he's sitting there, his tears starting to roll down his face. This man literally is like, just lost all hope of living. Maybe the only victim that I feel bad for in this movie. <laughs> it really has nothing to do with this, but this just feels so out of place for a 
Halloween Michael Myers movie. This movie like takes itself way too seriously. It's trying to send messages. But then they had so much comedy to but it. But then the tone's all over the place. Then you cut to Big John, Little John, and these goofy scenes. It's like, are you a serious camp? Are you a serious movie? Are you a campy movie? What are you trying to do? And why are you beating us over the head with it? You're beating us over the head with this mob mentality yeah, be message. Honest, but it's just it's the basically the idea is fine, but the execution was terribly. So done. another thing is. You've mentioned that, you know, the worst thing a movie can be is boring. To me, this movie was boring. Because I, when I heard about it, I was sitting there thinking to myself, the fuck is going on with you, bud? It's not me, it's the basket. <laughs> but yeah, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, this is going to be a shit movie. You got, like, what, 90 plus people going after Michael Myers. Yeah. So either the whole movie's going to be nothing but bloodshed, or... There, or it's just going, and that's going to be boring. Or this movie's literally going to take it to a random spot for all ninety people to gather at, and then that's where most of this movie takes place. Oh, look what happened! It's boring yeah. shit. Well, the problem is that there's no plot here, and the fact is, the only characters you care about theoretically would be the Strodes from the first movie. And I don't even care about them. I care about them a little bit, but they're pretty much sidelined in this movie. They're put to the side pretty much in favor of the mob characters who there's no character development, no characters there. There's just random people who just repeat evil dies tonight many, many times. But Tommy Dole, like, is the same person that the movie was in the, he was in the beginning of the movie. So when they die, it's like there's no nothing. I don't care. So I think we I think we both forgot to mention uh, Cameron's back in this movie. Hey, you know what? Good, good. Good props on one thing, all right? Because I hated Cameron in the first movie. I hated him so much because he threw her phone the damn cheese dip. That and that bastard. just would never make sense to me. <laughs> After you get caught cheating, you throw her phone in the cheese dip. What kind of boyfriend are you? Well, Michael cheats in this by, you know, knocking him down, breaking his hand, and then shoving him in the... Uh banister and it just keeps slamming his neck into the wood and then finally while he's sitting there pretty much gasping for air i mean he was going to die no matter what michael should have left him there just to oh, die slowly but instead he grabs it and snaps his neck you know it's funny and none of the gore had any impact on me but this death because i was looking at it and like i'm picturing my neck in that damn stair thing this was brutal the most brutal thing ever because you got to think not only had Michael already stabbed him a couple times mm-hmm. previously. And broke his arm. Broke his arm. And, by the way, the dude just found his dad dead in the damn... Uh, and just watched his girlfriend fall down the stairs, breaking her leg. I don't think he cares about her. Though, yeah, though. probably not. He's, he's, he's not thinking throw about that. the cheese dip. It's too much going on to him for him to care about her. But then, basically, I'm pretty sure his throat gets destroyed. So he can't, he can't talk anymore. There's mm-hmm. no voice. Then I'm pretty sure his neck gets broken. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure he's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And he's just stuck there for like 10 seconds. And actually, when Michael kills him, he's really just putting him out of his mercy. It's actually like a mercy kill. It is. If he left him there like that. He still would have died, but oh my, oh my gosh. The amount of pain he had to be in. Oh, yeah. I can only, the only hope I would have is that basically. He would have passed out eventually. That everything was, there was so much nerve damage that there was no pain because he couldn't feel anything. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't, ugh. I mean, I, I thought the movie did a good job with Cameron at least making it seem like he cared about Allison. I didn't like 
the death scene set up because again i mean not to harp on dumb characters but they're outside in the car it's him lonnie and allison they're pretty sure that michael's Michael's in the house why aren't you waiting for the rest of the mob to come join you and then you all go in and you take out michael well here's a real question lonnie's dumbass like oh i'm gonna go in there by myself why why would you think that's a good idea here's a real question why didn't cameron because cameron still had his phone why didn't he call somebody no actually even better have the dad go in there with his cell phone and then they hear the shot right oh well your dad shot something that means something's going on the house right first thing call dad's cell phone that he took with him inside the house if dad does not answer the phone unfortunately he's dead and michael's in there now Mm. knowing michael's in there you're two teenagers they, guns. they know that Michael took out the fire department. <laughs> what are y'all going to do walk in there if he took out the whole fire department? So them going in the house, stupid. But even dumber, Allison goes upstairs, finds Big John and Little John. And she, like, stops. She drops her weapon. She kneels over to check on them. <laughs> Michael Myers in this house. Shouldn't you be alert? In Cameron's case, I'm okay with him catching, getting caught off guard because... They had him find his father, and immediately Michael comes out, like, mm. as almost like if that was a distraction. Michael comes out so fast, and hey, this is a, a 16-year-old little boy, basically, so you see Michael coming at you, he's just like, ah! And then, f- f- kid had no chance at that point. Michael just overpowers him, stabs him a couple times. Allison, I don't understand when Michael comes after her, she's like, do it, do it! I'm like, huh? I guess that was. I guess Karen showed up when Michael was trying to stab her. So she was telling Karen to do it. Basically. Yes, do it. Because then, right after that, you can you can even tell by her face changes. She looks over her shoulder, like do it, and that's when Karen stabs him with a pitchfork. Does did Karen know they were going to be at the house? Why the hell is Karen randomly showing up at the Myers house? Well, I think Cameron Karen was already headed there with Tommy Doyle already. All she knew was that no, I don't. Th- Allison was gone, but then she. You think so? Because Lonnie, at a certain point, Lonnie basically was just hanging out with Allison and Cameron. Yeah, but she, but she wasn't. It didn't, she didn't exactly go out looking for him. Last I heard, she went with Tommy yeah. to go to the Myers house because that was where Michael Myers was last spotted, or that's where they knew okay. to be. So they had the okay. So she's going there because basically they have a plan to trap Michael. Yes, which is going to be to lure him into a mob attack. Now, that's pretty bold of Karen. She's going to honey trap him. That's pretty bold of Karen to be like, yeah, I'm going to go in the Myers house and bring him out and bring him to you. It's called a honey trap. I don't think that would work for Michael, though. All right. That may be fair, but. He doesn't want that honey. It, all right? it actually already did work because she, gra- she grabs the mask and then he chases her down. Okay. My problem is <laughs> she stabs him with the pitchfork in the back, right? And then steps on his head on the steps, which really would have killed anybody. Any human being at this point, you abandon plan A, which is to set him up for the mob attack, and you just kill him right there on the spot. You got the pitchfork, right? This is where you do a direct stab into his neck or head. This is where you just stab him multiple times. And she was angry enough to do it. She's mad. And instead, she takes his mask and runs out and gets chased. Yep. Now, here comes our our favorite scene. Speak for yourself. Michael versus the mob. Round one. We should say round one because there, yeah, there will be a round two, but we'll focus on round one for now. So round one, uh, uh, Michael gets shot six times. Let me say this. 
I do like the bat again. I like the director. There's certain scenes that are like so badass. When Michael first puts his, puts his mask on, he's just like, "Bring it, motherfuckers!" He looks at these motherfuckers like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take on all you." Now that, again, this is this feels more like Jason and not Michael, because but Michael squares up. He's like, "All right, what's going on?" And it's funny because they're attacking him, and you can see Michael like you almost feel bad for him because he's like he's trying his little stabs. Well, the, the, <laughs> he's like trying to defend himself with his stabbing motions. So the real question, but I he's got, missing most of his stabs. Why did they allow Michael to just pick up his mask and put it on? I would have just been wailing on him already. Yeah, they let him get comfortable. Like when he put the mask on, it looked like he was very comfortable. But you feel bad for Michael, like I said, literally. Like I didn't feel bad for him. Nah, you see him like they're beating him up, but he's like he's trying to stab the mag, but he's like getting shot up like five times. I mean, he, six. I mean, he, he is shot him six times. He, he is an old man now. He's like what sixty years old. So okay, so one guy shoots him, but you notice pretty quickly that most of these people are laying in, laying into laying into him with body shots. Which I want to mention a lot of body shots. I want to mention some. There is a woman in the background of the mob who has an iron. And I don't mean like a pitchfork kind of iron or she has literal iron used to steam to to uh, get the wrinkles out of his clothes. I'm cool with it. If she had just unplugged it and it's still hot. If it's a hot iron, we're going to do some, do some damage. If Valentine. It's a, yeah. Swung that mother- <laughs> like, but and actually when they show her with iron, you talk about the girl that walked past Karen, right? Yeah. She she had the iron. She ready looked to... so angry too. Her face looked like she was like. Yeah. She looked like the most angry person out of the whole mob. She's like, I've been waiting for you for forty years, Michael. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Why do you care? Go home and watch Netflix. Why do any mob people care? It's just are, stupid. Are you bla- like, what are you going to do with that iron? Are you planning on taking the wrinkles out of his coveralls because so that way when they bury him, he he has a nicely pressed coverall. You know, is that really the only thing she had at in her house at the time of Tommy going up to her and say, hey, mob time. Got to grab my iron. You know, I'll say this, though. I don't think Tommy actually communicated to the mob what the plan was, because how they attack Michael is some of them are thinking clearly some of them are thinking we're here to beat up Michael. And a few of them are thinking we're here to kill Michael. Because some are going and like, yeah, we're about to give him a beating here and hit him in the back with a two-by-four. And one guy's like, no, I'm, I shot him five times. So I don't think Tommy did a good job of telling him, like, hey, we're here to kill him. Because some of them well, are going in with just, like, I'm the idea sure of beating him up. I'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory we're going to kill him. Because uh, remember, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> but they're attacking him like, evil gets beat up tonight. <laughs> right. That's how they're attacking him, man. No headshots. Mm-hmm. No headshots. The only things I see that are the only damaging things I see, the only damaging shots I see are the, the gunshots, and then when Karen stabs him with a knife. Yeah, which I'm just curious. After everyone's finally done wailing on Michael, um, y'all really just gonna sit there and let him get up? Okay, this this can only go well. Well, don't forget first before before he gets up. Lori has to give some speech that is going to be like in all the trailers and stuff <laughs> where she's like, Phys- nothing physical can, she's like, I think she said like brute force can't stop him. Brute force can't stop him. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So Michael, stuff I don't really give a shit about. So Michael at this point is immortal because any human being having taken the beating that he got from Karen, then from the mob, the gunshots, gunshots mainly and all the previous damage. Cause all those shots were to his chest. So now the movie's saying, basically, when he gets up at this point, 
they're jumping that shark of, okay, this is clearly something supernatural. This is no longer a human being. Yeah, because he uh, gets up and then we have this weird, very weird montage of Michael just killing people. It was shot on a soundstage because they ran out of time during one of the shooting nights. So they, it, it's not at the original location where Michael was first beating up the mob. It's, at a, it's on a stage, and it's, that's where we get this weird thing of when they beat him up, they were attacking him as a group. But now he's fighting back, and they're attacking him one by one, slowly getting killed until it comes down only to Tommy Doyle. Yeah, I didn't know this was a martial art movie. Yes. So I guess Tommy Doyle was the uh, king of this chess match because once he kills him, it's, the movie's over. Yes, and he wasn't a good king because this man's been working on his bat swing the entire movie. And he's he been he's been it. like like fake half swinging the bat the entire every scene he's in. That's all he does is half swing the bat. Yeah, you built up this character. We could have at least gotten something in a form of a small fight between him and Michael. And at this point, it's stupid because now Michael has a knife, right? You got a bat. You have a longer reach. Yeah, how do you? How does Michael get to you first with a knife? Like I said, that's what I was saying. I guess because they ran out of time, they couldn't do it. But me personally, would have had at least a small bout between Michael and Tommy just because of how much they built Tommy up. You know, have yes. Tommy hit him a couple of times with a bat and then Michael finally turns it over. What on I him. wanted was him to kill the rest of the mob and then it just just be him and Tommy. And then give us like like... Give Tommy five minutes to like, yes. Just start wailing on him. Wailing on him and then nothing works. Michael won't go down. Have the rope-a-dope. Have Tommy actually getting physically tired by hitting with a bat. He's getting tired. He's like, nothing's working. He's desperately. Have him like, just get so tired that, <laughs> or you know what I was going to say. He drops a bat and says, take your best shot, motherfucker. But no, not not, <laughs> not, not the Julius death from Jason X Man, but just have him do everything possible. And it reinforces the idea that Michael can't die by... Yeah. The bat's not working. You can actually do a callback to... You remember how Curse of Michael Myers ended, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It was Tommy Doyle with the pipe beating Michael up. You have a perfect chance for a callback here. I have Mm -hmm. the same thing in beating him up, but this time, Michael comes back. At the very least, what you could do to make... To get the reason Tommy goes at him for so long, you know, as you said, five minutes, is... Sure, maybe have some blood coming out of the mask showing, okay, he can still bleed. Most people think, if you can bleed, you can die. Well, that doesn't mean if you're supernatural, you can die. <laughs> yeah. when What they show Tommy is Tommy takes one swing and is immediately stabbed. Yep. And the one stab, he goes down, and then Michael does to him what he should have done to Michael. When Michael was laid out, Tommy had the bat, should have crushed his face in with the bat. Yes. We don't see what happens. We see Michael... We, we swing the bat brains. like Sammy Sosa, and we see blood and brains fly everywhere. Yes. And, yeah, you built up, and this is the problem with all the legacy characters. Miriam, horrible waste. Lindsay had a great scene, but then never really seen again, has no participation with the rest of the movie. Yes. Um, Tommy was just dead weight. No, actually, I say Lonnie. Was Lonnie even in the first movie? Yeah. yeah, he was. He, he's one of the kids. Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Yeah. So he's a bigger role here because they have him in the flashback. And that's one thing I should mention too. Lonnie was one of the bullies, wasn't he? For Tommy? He was, yeah. So then what the hell was the whole thing with Lonnie being bullied? 
there's there's different levels of bullying. <laughs> These were the, the higher level bullies that bullied the the lower level bullies. I, I thought the same thing. They were like acting like Lonnie's the good kid. I was, I'm like, sitting, I was like, he was the one pushing around. Well, it was Tommy. bad as I couldn't even. I did not even put that connection on until now. Lonnie was the one saying he's gonna get you. The boogeyman's about coming for you. Did they, so you're telling me the people who wrote the, for this movie did not know about Lonnie in the from 1978? They had to. He's wearing the same clothes in the flashback <laughs> that he's wearing when he's bullying Tommy. But they made it seem like there was like yeah some higher level bullies that were bullying even him. So, but, but they made him so much like a dweeb. You know what's crazy though? If you think about Lonnie, Lonnie's so central in the flashback. You would think that would set up him having a bigger role in the movie as the adult character. Which he's barely he, in it. Because the flashback follows him, basically. But he's barely in it. He dies off screen right. with nothing. So all the legacy characters were wasted. But yeah, Tommy Doyle should have been given at least a good, solid two-minute fight scene with Michael. When he dies, you're just like, oh, um, sounds like evil lives till tomorrow. Yeah, because the end, Karen sees... A ghost of Michael's young, innocent self in the window. So she goes up to the room. I'm guessing this is supposed to be an homage to Psycho. Because, you know, Psycho is a pretty good slasher movie. But um, It's a combination of Psycho and then him killing his sister. Yeah, but so he kills Karen. Now, I'm just going to say Karen is probably the most expendable of these three characters. You really wanted to shock the audience with one of the three deaths. Either Lori, you know, succumbing to her wounds and just have her practically in a coma the whole movie, or Allison because she was the dumb one who was out there the whole fucking movie. Yeah, you know, I knew, you know, there was always the, the concern that this would be like the Scream movies where they just stopped killing the main characters. So maybe these three were going to be like a new version of Dewey, Sidney, and Gale, where, where none of them can die. So I was a little bit concerned about that. But I mean, he, we kind of get a Dewey with Hawkins. That's true. Uh, but yeah, the feeling that yes, one of the Strohs had to die here, and Karen is definitely the most expendable for sure. And I mean, look, who's to blame for her death? She saw a vision in the window, and she walks up to the room, and how much you want to bet she's back in in Halloween ends? No, nah, I don't think so. I, I thought a lot of people online think that was this some weird dream sequence or a vision or something like that. But it literally but, ends with her dead body. <laughs> but, but the fact they cut to her body made me think that they meant to kill her. And the, I was thinking about, okay, Michael was killing the mob like two blocks away. So it did make sense to me at least that, okay, he came into the back door. But my question is, because Halloween ends is apparently he's going to pick up a couple years later. I suppose I think I heard four years later. What happened after that? Because Michael's up there with her dead body, looking out the window. Everybody's still out front of the cops. Eventually, and and Allison saw her mom go upstairs. So eventually, she's gonna come up and investigate. Like, how the hell did Michael get out of that? Is, does he get arrested again? So there is one more thing that I have to say is the most egregious, the most unforgivable thing. They took the original Halloween theme and technoed it. Technoed it, man. Wow. You, the, when he started going down after Allison, you could hear it. But it did not sound like John Carpenter had anything. It sounded like they took John Carpenter's baby 
and aborted it. I don't know, man. He. I did not like he's, what they did. He with scored this the theme. movie, but maybe they do something weird there. I don't know. I, I don't. Did, did you like what they did with this theme for this movie? Not for that scene. I didn't. But I for did, the most part, I was cool with it. I did the, not like the, the score. Fact that, the score was solid for the most part. I thought. I did not like. I mean, this was. I think the only time they actually played the Halloween theme was the scene. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. That, yeah, that it was weird. It was otherwise a whole different score. That weird dubstep techno BS yeah. we ended up getting for it's like I almost turned off the movie right then and there. I didn't even get to the freaking mob scene before I practically said, "Fuck this movie." There was very little of the. Um, see, I, this is gonna sound silly, but like, yeah, I'm. I'd be cool with them just playing the original Halloween music. Yes. In the movie. Like, I think it can still or be Or at least scary. The, the remade one that John Carpenter did for Halloween 2, the one that was a little bit more... The, the, the problem is the original Halloween score, it's meant for, like, a suspenseful movie. Yeah. It has a slowness to it that goes with that. That score doesn't work with him killing people every two minutes. So that's true. So... Categories. So, M- Michael wins, by the way. Yeah, Michael wins. Michael won. Evil did not die tonight. Evil went to the McDonald's drive-thru and picked up a 20-piece chicken. Oh, yeah. Meal. he's, f- Which is why... The and, that, and, that, and that, friends, is a victory meal, too. Which is why Halloween ends, takes place years later. He got his chicken nugget fix, finally. No one has to worry about it until he gets another chicken nugget craving. And maybe after the nuggets, he gave up and went back to jail. But And be honest with you, I hope he just buys himself a McDonald's so that way he doesn't. he can always crave... Satisfy his chicken nugget craving. How much Michael do you think? How much money do you think Michael has? What's, how much Michael he, do you think money has? Did he go? Did he go rob the Hatfield Bank? Yes, he, he could. Yes, he probably did. His house is paid off for right? him. It's for <laughs> him. It's purge night. His house doesn't have a mortgage, right? <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool. Well, actually, let's do the categories, and then we'll do a quick theorize like what we would like to see in Halloween ends. Okay. Uh, okay. So, best character, best performance. That's an easy one for me. Michael. Yes. You know, I'll say this. One of the biggest strengths of these last two movies. Has been Michael. All praise to James Jude Courtney. I agree. A lot of people say I agree. He's he's the first or second best Michael along with the original Michael Myers. Yes. Which is Nick Castle. Mm. Michael, like he has the, man, he's the walk down, the mannerisms. The way he like stares, everything about Michael is. Great. And he's six foot three. Yeah, and he's even the man's tall. He's even better here than he was in 2018. So they well, got they got they, they, they got gave Michael him right. the uh, ability to be pissed off. What would you say if we said we can't say Michael? Okay, we can't say Michael. I think and you're not gonna like this. I think at least Karen has some better scenes there than she did in another movie, last movie. So I will give you that, but I still wouldn't say Karen. I think maybe. I would. I, I'd give it to Lindsay to be honest with you. I want to, but I feel like she's in. I do, she's such a small. It small may thing. be small, but at the same time, the see, the tense scene she had worked. The little aftermath thing of her telling people, "I'm sorry, I couldn't get them. I all I had to do was run." Worked. This I, actress did, knew what she needed to do, and she did it perfectly. I'm gonna go with Judah Greer just because she got killed off too. So there'll never be an opportunity to give her anything again because she won't be in the next movie. So. Well, I'm sure she'll uh, do here. She, I think she was the closest thing to the main character. Of this movie is probably Karen. So. Yeah, that, I'll give you that one. 
And she did do better in this one and, than she did in the last one. And the other main character is my worst performance. Anthony Michael Hall is Tommy Doyle. This is, this is like, I, at, at no point do I like Tommy Doyle. Do I sympathize with him? Do I understand what he's talking about? Do I get his perspective? Every scene he's in basically has the same facial expression, never changes. He's always swinging that bat halfway, which is gets on my damn nerves. Like, because you better have a payoff if you're focusing so much of your energy and action on the bat. And your payoff was to swing the bat and get stabbed. All right. I, but I, I hate, I, I didn't like, and I like Anthony Michael normally, hate the, the actor who played him in this movie, hate the writers for ruining the Tommy Doyle character because it was a horribly written character too. Yeah. So this is kind of a hard one for me because I have plenty to choose from. Um, <laughs> you do actually. So I guess just out of pure fucking annoyance alone, I'm giving it to the kids. Oh God. All three of them. <laughs> This is white. This is man out there with a mask on, and he's he's trying to play peekaboo and like, ha ha. Like I don't know if they were trying to play be funny, but they they completely failed. And yeah, that's halfway on the director. Director should have said, "Cut, do it again. Y'all messed that up." But come on, you telling me the these were the best child actors for these five minute roles you could get? They gave them too many lines though. They felt like they had like twenty lines, and they were talking so fast to get all the lines out. I'm they like, they had to. I don't. I don't blame them. I blame the, the the writer for being like, okay, make make these kids say things that are making the most annoying characters. Right. Ever. I mean, I I guess to be honest, when we say best performance, worst performance, we can't. We're never one hundred percent blaming the actors because it's the direction's fault and the writing fault. Well, here's what I say. I'll say what we can do in the future is, we can categorize it as, you have a choice. You can do, best acting performance or you can do best character, whichever you choose. Because yeah, we don't want to like. It's too complicated to be like, all right, well, I. This is the worst performance because the script gave them a dumb character to play, basically. I don't want to do that. So you can be like, you can actually make your own choice if you're giving best character or best performance given what you see in that movie. So. All right, well. For me, it actually, they blend together perfectly. For me, the worst performance and the worst actor was both Tommy Doyle in this movie. So. All right, well, uh, best scene. Um,. Can we go back 40 years from now and go to 1978? The flashback scene. <laughs> you know, you watch the flashback scene, you're like, oh, wow. This might be a good movie. They had the great, they had the perfect setup for, okay, scratch that part. Because um, <laughs> we're looking at the eyes of a dead man, of a supposed dead man. Oh, uh, Well, they got, they got, it looked right. It looked like Michael from back then. It looked like Michael from back then. They had the score from back then. You had the old style police cars. Right. The only thing I'm... Oh, in the Myers house. Oh, yeah. Spot on. It was still abandoned and looked they even had decrepit. The de- they had the dead dog in the room. Yep. And the broken window and all that. That's There was definitely attention to detail mm-hmm. to make it look like... And and the actor who played Loomis, spot on. Mm-hmm. Except the dialogue and the voices off. Yeah. So, uh, worst, worst scene. <laughs> Again, we got a lot to choose from. I'm going no. with the riot scene in the, the hospital. The riot scene in the hospital is... <laughs> not only is it the worst scene between the two movies this and 2018 this is the worst scene in either movie and dare I say and uh, this is tough for me because okay so if I'm saying worse in the series the competition is Busta Rhymes beating up Michael Myers <laughs> and it's it's all of Tina's scenes from Halloween 5 oh gosh so but I think this is the worst because this does not feel like 
a Halloween movie. This well, feels like some weird side plot line that I cannot get behind. Well, not only that, but the, uh, another reason, and it may be intentional for this being the worst scene because of this reason, but an innocent man ended up dying because of this, the events of this scene. I mean, obviously in the movie, not in real life, but... And nothing was learned. Yeah. The mob just went about their business, so... Yeah, they literally just killed an innocent man. No one gave to flying fuck... I don't even think Karen cared. And the biggest problem is that at the end, then, what happens is... You're cheering for Michael. Right. You want Michael to kill this mob because you've seen this mob basically be stupid... unapologetically stupid Mm. like yeah you're cheering for Mike you take him out you're like "Ah, they've done bad things just like Michael's done bad things so so what would you like to explore more so this is easy for me I've been thinking about this a lot I was thinking about how can I make this a better movie and what I would do is instead of having all the central character the all the legacy characters back right I would eliminate Miriam and I would eliminate Lonnie right I would have just Tommy and Lindsay come back but I would put a lot of focus on those two characters and make those the main characters of this movie, right? And still have Jamie Lee in the hospital, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you can have Karen all that. But as I was talking earlier, show Tommy's family life. You could have them married if you want or just have them be friends. Build up Tommy's family life. Just give him more motivation to be how he is, basically. Show, is he actually going through any kind of trauma? Give him that fight scene with Michael at the end. It's like kind of like they're they're half asking. They're having as like a main character, but there's no development, no nothing, no reason to cheer for him, nothing. So, so that wasn't explored more. That was what you would want to change in the movie. No, I would say explore more of Tommy. Uh, you could just show his family life as. So unfortunately for me, there's nothing really I would want to. This explore more one is kind of hard for me with Halloween movies because. The movie doesn't do a good job for me to care enough about characters or the situation for me to want to even know what's going on in the movie. Why would I want to know what's going on outside of the movie? Well, from the first movie, the first movie established, okay, Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers. So this is the, the central conflict. And in this movie, we have Laurie stuck in the hospital doing nothing. Right. So there's no payoff from the first movie. We're just We're just meant to have this transitional second movie that really nothing important is going to happen because we're saving the big stuff for the third movie. Yeah. It literally feels like, cause to be honest, this, with this you, is not, this is not self-contained. No, this movie does not work as a standalone. No, for me, know. it feels like the star Wars movies. Cause no matter what, always like the, out of every trilogy, except for the newest one, cause I haven't watched them. I like the very first movie of the trilogies and I like the very last one. But the middle one really leaves nothing to be desi- leaves nothing to be desired. I never care about going to watch those. In fact, really, when it comes to the movies, I'll watch the last Star Wars movie, and I'll watch the very first one. Well, I guess it's not the very first one, but Phantom Menace just because of that Darth Maul fight. I see, I watch I watch that on YouTube, and then I'll only watch the third movie. Yeah, part one and two can go after themselves. Yeah, so that's. And that's kind of what we're getting here. We're getting a trilogy where the first movie was going to add to a story. The second movie is not going to add to shit. But maybe that's a problem with trilogies in general, though. If something's planned to be a trilogy, by default, the important stuff is going to be the first movie and then the third movie. It's like you kind of always know that second movie because... That's why I was saying... What can... can Like, 
I, that's what maybe I was saying. trilogies just aren't a good way to tell a story sometimes. That's why I was saying the Sartain thing should have been left for this movie. Because then we would have had Sartain doing all of his stuff in the background until finally at the end you find out he's the reason for all the BS that was happening. That I, At least then we would have at least learned something. Uh, and we would have had a conflict between him and pretty much the town where Sartain gets his ass beat to death. And then Michael, obviously, because they were still hunting him, but he, Michael ends up getting away because Sartain pretty much lets him get away. I think that, or I think these legacy characters, Tom and Lindsay, introduced them in the first movie mm-hmm. so that now in the second movie, we care about them a little bit more. So it's just, it, it's a bad idea for a horror movie to announce two sequels at the same time because it's a horror movie. We have to believe in every horror movie situation that the main characters can die. And if you're telling us that part two and three are coming, you're automatically like, yeah, so part two, Michael can't die, Lori can't die. Like, right. oh, what is this going to be? And their answer was, hey, we assume you guys like Michael killing random people and <laughs> killing random mobs. And nah, not really. Yep. So as a final thoughts, I don't think I have to go too much into detail. Characters were, were not good. They were not written well. This movie wasn't written well. The kill scenes were fine, mainly because Michael is, even though Michael's main goal is just to get to the house, you can tell he's pissed off about being burned. But, um, yeah, but I still, I just don't see Michael doing all this. No, um, taking on a fire department. Then you got the score for the most part, the scores, the music of it is great. That one scene, that Uh, one damn song. I hate that you're making me do this, but I'm going to go back and rewatch that scene because I don't, it doesn't click in my brain. I'm going to go back and watch it. It annoys the hell out of me. It's like this really weird, scratchy techno version of the song. And I'm just thinking, why didn't you just use the same song from part two? Because then that, that still adds action. That still adds energy to the song itself. And I don't think they have the rights. John Carpenter was right there. I don't know if he did the music part two. He might have. I, I'm pretty sure he did because he, he does the music for of most of his movies, but I don't know if he did the music part two. But either way, part, so. the part two music does sound very like 80s though. Yeah, I don't think it's it's. Uh, I don't think that would work in a 2021 a new movie. Either way, it would have been better than what we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the sad part is we get the flashback because a character who was established as dead in the previous movie somehow got a a phoenix down. And was able to bring, come back to life. But listen, evil dies tonight. Apparently Hawkins is not evil. Hawkins lives tonight. <laughs> that was the other part of it. Yeah, so... It, yeah, in order... So, overall... I'm not watching this movie again. Not even when Halloween Ends comes out just to get a refresher. I don't need to. This movie added nothing to the story. All it did was add a bunch of stupid characters that I'm kind of happy are dead. So, overall, this movie's going to get a 1 out of 4 for me. Fuck Damn. this movie. <laughs> Damn. Tell us how you really feel. Shit. All right. Well, listen. Keep it very short. Because we talked. We've actually said all of our gripes about the movie so far in the podcast. So I'm not going to tread down the same territory again. But let me just say I was very disappointed. But I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Halloween 2018 either. So uh, I'm going to still give it one and a half stars because I reserve one star for Halloween 5 and Halloween Resurrection. So I'm going to give this one step up from that because... There's some good visuals, some good moments. Just collectively, the script is bad and doesn't make sense and doesn't the tone's all over the place. Um, but I want to ask you, so 
The one good thing is that this movie was delayed. It was actually filmed back in 2019. So Halloween Kills is coming up very quick. It should be out by within under a year. It's going to be you out. You mean Halloween Ends? Halloween Ends should be out within a year. It's supposed to come out next October. So when that comes out, then we can actually review this or think about this in terms as a trilogy. So if Halloween Ends is amazing, it can maybe shed some light and make the whole trilogy better. Because maybe Halloween Kills will be better once we have the rest of the story. Hopefully. Maybe not. Uh, well, we won't know until we find out, but the only problem with trilogies is you need to open up with a bang and you need to end with a bang. You don't open up with a bang, no one's going to care about seeing the other two. What if you start off with two firecrackers <laughs> and then you got the nuclear bomb coming though in the third one? No. Probably not. No, because I, these aren't I, even firecrackers. Firecrackers are fun. In the, in the next one, at least, we can say that we're going to get a lot more Jamie Lee Curtis. And that at least will probably elevate it to a large degree. I actually, I, I, I actually think they should make Alice in the main character though. I got, a, I got. A I feel theory. like they should focus on Herbert's mind. I got a theory for Halloween ends. My theory is Drew Barrymore dies in the first ten minutes. Jamie Lee Curtis dies in the first ten minutes. I can't see it. Yep, and then we follow Allison again. That sounds like resurrection. Why do you want to repeat the mistakes of resurrection? <laughs> Let me guess. They're repeating the mistakes of Friday the Thirteenth. Let me guess. From there, we cut to we cut to Busta Rhymes launching Danger Tainment Part Two. Of course not. No. Why? That's just that's just rude, sir. Because there's some timeline. We get where Tech Nine rap battling against Michael oh Myers. Yeah, there's some timeline out there where Busta Rhymes is still one of the sole surviving members of the Halloween series. So technically not. There was one other person who survived with them at the end of that movie. I don't care about her. But so. Anyway. Anyway, anyways, just saying, I'm I'm still gonna keep, I'm still gonna hold, I'm still gonna be open minded and hold out hope for Halloween ends mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Um, but whether Halloween ends, this podcast has to end because we've been talking for a long ass time. So everyone, you have a good night. Y'all don't have to go home, which you most likely are. You are probably already home. I actually know most people are probably driving on the way to work to, while listening to us. Y'all don't have to go home, but y'all definitely got to get out of here or watch more of our episodes. They're yeah. all down below. If you're somewhere. on, if you're on the road, that means there's probably a McDonald's nearby. You know what to do. I don't got to tell you. you know what to do. Yeah, you, don't you know become do. Michael and get a murderous craving for chicken nuggets. Just go in. Forty piece nugget is only ten, 10 bucks. You'll be fine. Forty piece. Forty piece. Ten bucks. Yes. McDonald's? Yes. I got to go, folks. McDonald's closes in 20 minutes. I'm gone. Yep. Y'all have a good night. Take care.